And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold sets up. to the bottom line wrestling cast the career of stone cold steve austin this week is episode 33 and we're covering september of 1998 and we're calling this episode zamboni yes it's that episode it's the zamboni i'm mike Fru, along with jv jv welcome back from your vacation how was your trip it was fantastic it was great Got to chill out on an island for basically a whole week and do nothing except drink and eat good food. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> drink a lot. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on a vacation like that. Just be able to oh, do that. They're the best. It's a little bit of sightseeing, a little bit of gambling, but mostly just laying out in the sun. Yeah, when I go on vacation, when I go on vacation, I don't want to do shit. I don't want to sightsee. I don't want to have to do things and be on an itinerary. And I don't even want to like. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to worry about like getting lunch or having dinner reservations because that just means that you have to be ready to do something at a certain time. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. that. I just want to sit back and drink. And yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just do the buffet all day. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we did go to some restaurants on the resort and all that, but, um, which you did have to schedule, which was a pain, but we didn't right. do it every night. So, right. That's the thing though. Like you, you spend most of your day in the sun, you're drinking by the time it's like the dinner time, six o'clock or so you beat, yeah, yeah, you're fucking buzzed like crazy, and then you gotta sit there. And I know you kind of like dress up a little bit, and you're just like sweating through your clothes because it's so hot. And you, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by like the last two times we're not to the last couple of days, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going with sandals and swim trunks." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not gonna not let you in, right? So it's like whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I couldn't get away from wrestling when I was down there. Oh, why? I didn't see wrestling like all week, and then I'm in a store, and there's like a, a, a Goldberg backpack. <laughs> really? I love a Ruba store. Yeah, from like <laughs> WrestleMania, God knows when. Like wow. one of the older WrestleMania. Like WrestleMania 20? Yeah, yeah, like, 20, whenever the hell, you know. Like when he was up against Brock Lesnar? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Wow. Shit, that's so, a... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I actually tweeted shit. out the picture. So oh, you did? I didn't see, that. To see it. Yeah, it's on my Twitter. So. Oh. Heel JV? John yeah. Van Damage. Yeah, John Van Damage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. John Van Damage. Though I think if you search for either, they show up. But Yeah, I think so. But yeah, man. That was my vacation. I'm, That's awesome. I'm actually pretty excited to be back and start covering uh, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, so the past two weeks, we've done a couple watch-alongs. We did the, uh, the Bret Hart Survivor Series against Austin. And then last week, we just did the... ECW, um, ECW 138 from uh, December of 1995 when Austin was in the uh, triangle match, Sandman and Mikey Whipwreck. And we also made a big announcement last week that we're starting a, a new show, you know, a special show. It's just a show that's on the Book in the Territory Patreon um, network, I guess you'd call it. It's patreon.com, and you go to Book in the Territory. 
And we have a new show on that feed called the Extreme ECW Livecast. And we just cut the first episode this past week. That was uh, JV's return to podcasting. <laughs> was to watch yeah, yeah. a couple ECW <laughs> episodes. The first two ECW Hardcore TV episodes from April of 1993. With the people of, of the likes of Jay Sully and Stevie Wonderful. And Johnny Hotbody and Tommy Cairo. The Surface Sandman. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. That was fun to do, and that'll be coming out on Booking the Territory uh, very soon, sometime this week, most likely. So if you're interested in hearing more of JV and I talk some wrestling, watch along style, join Booking the Territory Patreon feed. And with that said, we're going to get into our latest episode, which is September of 98. Last time we did a regular episode was three weeks ago. Episode 32 was the master plan. And that was the uh, first few weeks of September 1998, just coming off of SummerSlam. And McMahon had a master plan. His master plan was that he was going to have Stone Cold Steve Austin be involved in a triple threat match with The Undertaker and Kane. And that Kane and Undertaker could not pin each other. They would have to go after Austin. So he, he targeted Austin with Kane and Undertaker to just make sure that they go after him only. Even though this flaws with that whole thing, where if you really wanted the title off of that, off of Austin, you could have just had them pin each other, and then yeah, you would have the title off. <laughs> but they he sold it the way that was. All right, well, I'm going to get them so mad that they're going to have to only go after you. They can't go after each other. So that's where we left off. We left off also with like a very good RAW. It was like pay per view style type RAW, where Austin had a match with Ken Shamrock. It was a hell of a match, and you know, that brings us now to the Raw the following week, which was taped the day after that excellent Raw from September 14th. This is Raw that was taped on September 15th, 1998 from Sacramento, California. This is Raw 278, which aired on September 21st, 1998. And the show kicks off with Mr. McMahon, and we're going to go right to a promo. So let's get right into it, take a listen to Mr. McMahon talk about the number one contendership. Who's going to get that number one contender shot at Stone Cold? Or whoever the champion is. Actually, yeah, it's not even Stone Cold in Vince McMahon's mind. It's either going to be Kane or The Undertaker. So let's take a listen to that, and then we'll talk about it after. All right. Let me just say this. Stone Cold Steve Austin... Austin, if you are contemplating rushing this ring and savagely attacking me, Vince McMahon, you better think again. Wait a minute. Protection. Smart move. Business partners of protection. Can't think of any better business partners than no two. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen, let's get down to the business at hand. Why I've asked you to join me here in this ring. Everyone knows that this Sunday on pay-per-view in the triple threat match for the WWF Championship that I have guaranteed that Stone Cold Steve Austin will no longer be the WWF Champion. And you know, Jim Cornette, my pops is a man of his word. I've heard that. And if you three gentlemen will listen for a moment, I'm about to guarantee 
all three of you an opportunity of a lifetime. I hope Boston doesn't I jump do, on McMahon. I would like to also further state that I've ordered Austin just to give you some idea as to what's going to happen this Sunday when Austin faces Undertaker and Kane. Austin, I know you can hear me. Let's give these fans a treat. Austin, you and some other volunteer who wants to join you in this ring tonight what? will have to face the most devastating duo in WWF history, The Undertaker and Kane, here tonight. No! That's, that's like a preview of Breakdown right here tonight! What uh, Pops never ceases to amaze me. Now, gentlemen, I've asked you all three to come before us tonight to make certain that neither one of the three of you volunteer to be Stone Cold's partner. What? That's a smart move. Smart move. Now, I know you've been there before. I know. I'm not asking for any favors because I don't ask for favors. I'm giving you the opportunity of a lifetime, and I do that real well. I'll give opportunity. And what's the opportunity? It's real simple. Why should you settle for anything less than what Kane and Undertaker want? What they want is the WWF Championship. Why should you be allies against a common enemy? When in fact all three of you should have a common goal, no less lofty than their goal as well. I would be proud if one of the three of you became the World Wrestling Federation Champion. What's his point here? With the man speaking, and I can guarantee you that opportunity, just like I can guarantee that Austin, after this Sunday, will no longer be World Wrestling Federation Champion. All I'm asking that here tonight, you don't volunteer to be Austin's partner. You take care of your own business. The hell with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ken Shamrock is WWF champion. You came that close, Kenny. Rock, not just the people's champion, the WWF champion has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Mick. You can taste it. So, Rock, if you smell what Vince McMahon is cooking, you'll listen up. Because you damn sure don't want this smackdown. <laughs> And Shamrock, you may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer. Whoa! As far as I'm concerned. Oh, boy. But you're damn sure the most dangerous. Mankind, Mick. Never mind. Oh. What I'm saying is tonight, the opportunity is for one of you to be the number one contender. 
All you have to do is compete in this ring in a triple threat match. Yeah. Just like we're going to have this Sunday. Yeah. And the winner of the triple threat match will face the new WWF champion in this very ring one week from tonight. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's put Austin in a match and then he's pulled all Austin's backup out and Think now he's going to make it. them fight. I'll even volunteer to be the guest ring announcer one week from tonight. Then when one of you steps into the ring to face the new WWF champion. All I can say is, whomever it is you'll be facing one week from tonight, damn sure won't be stone cold. Thank you very much. <laughs> Talk about it. So what you had there is a pretty cool promo about setting up the number one contendership. And he's going to have uh, a few guys in the ring with him in a minute. But uh, as you just heard. But before we even get into that, you know, right from the start of this Raw, it was uh, cringeworthy, to say the least. And we've been watching the Sunday Night Heats you know, for you know, the first few episodes. And the issue is Shane McMahon on commentary. <laughs> and on Sunday Night Heat, it's one thing. It's like, all right, it's a quick hour show. It's Shane McMahon. It's, it's a new show. So it's understandable. He's in it. But it's a totally different thing when Shane McMahon is on Raw for two hours. What do you think of Shane McMahon's commentary on this episode of Raw? <laughs> oh, pretty bad. Pretty, pretty. Actually, not pretty. It's bad. It was um, horrible. I mean, he, he, I, I don't. Like, I like his his like voice and stuff, but it's just the the things he says just are pretty, pretty lame. Yeah, comes off super lame. He comes off like he's trying to be cool the whole time. Like yeah, he, he comes up as he he comes over as like very frat boyish, which I don't know. He probably was, but. Right, and that's kind of like the the stereotype he's putting off. Yeah, and that leads to his, his group, Mean Street Posse, later too. It's like yep. rap boy style group. But yeah, so that was right from the start. It's like, oh my god, he, he's just like crazy, and <laughs> he's got Jim Cornette with him, which Jim Cornette's good. He's good on commentary, but the the balance isn't right. Shane McMahon and Jim Cornette. It just seems like they don't get along. I mean, that's what they're trying. Yeah. to come across but well the boss's kid is always the worst right exactly like, so that's always. what they're going like, with and he's exactly why that stereotype exists yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> how he's one of those guys so yeah so this exactly so this is a rare occasion where we're going to have we're not going to have jim ross and jerry lawler on commentary and the reason why they weren't on commentary is because they were in california at this time and that's where they're filming Man on the Moon. So this was an opportunity for them to get their filming in for that movie. Man on the Moon. Man on dude. the Moon. The uh, the Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which I loved at the time. Me too. I remember uh, back back when this you know, movie came out. The movie came out in 1999, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 99. Because they're filming here in the end of 98. So the film came out sometime in 99. And JV and I, we, we watched that. And I don't remember if you remember, but in school, like, the whole rest of that year, I used to uh, do the Andy Kaufman, uh, Tony Clifton impersonation. <laughs> I don't know if you remember who he was. He goes, like, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, damn, the Andy Kaufman. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember you doing that now. All right. Yeah, yeah. I do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So <laughs> they're filming that movie. I thought that movie was cool. But uh, let's get into it here. Like so. It. 
You have McMahon. He's already in the ring. You have The Rock, Ken Shamrock, Mankind. They're all in the ring. And these guys have been starting to have more of a major role in the past couple of weeks, the past couple of episodes of Raw. Like, definitely The Rock is being involved in more top card matches. Shamrock, obviously, was just in the last main event, went for a title shot against Austin. And Mankind is Mankind at this point. You know, he's he's always involved. And he's always involved with McMahon lately. And... McMahon warns Austin that, you know, you better not think of coming down here. And not not because of Rock, Shamrock, and Mankind, but then you have Kane and Undertaker come out, and they're blocking the entrance at the top of the ramp. So McMahon's got his ass covered. He's in the ring with three guys that'll support him, and you got Kane and Undertaker at at the... I don't even, know, I don't even remember if they had a ramp on this episode. But <laughs> <laughs> I think they did away with the ramp for a few weeks. And, uh... McMahon makes the point, you know, he guarantees that Stone Cold will no longer be the champion after the Indy House breakdown. So this is the same kind of rhetoric that he was using back in June at the King of the Ring. I guarantee he will not be the champion. And if you remember what we said in that episode that when we covered that is that McMahon is telling the audience. It's like what Paul Heyman says today. You know, it's it's not a spoiler. This is a spoiler. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, he's telling you. This is what's going to happen. And, you know, you'll see later in this episode, it is what's going to happen. And he's doing that same whole thing again where Austin is not going to have the championship. So he's going to offer the Rock, Mankind, I mean, uh, McMahon is going to offer Mankind, the Rock, and Shamrock. <laughs> Just those names in one sentence. It's a fucking ball buster. <laughs> yeah, you yeah got, it is. It's tough to say. <laughs> you got Mankind, McMahon... Shamrock and The Rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like McMankind in the in the Shamrock. <laughs> Shamkind. Shamkind. Rock man. <laughs> Rock Sham. <laughs> all right. So whatever. They all get a. They're gonna have an opportunity of the lifetime. The opportunity is gonna be the title shot. They're gonna they're gonna have a match with each other basically, and. They're going to fight for the number one contendership. Um, one of the Shane McMahon comments that he makes during this whole thing is he keeps saying, Pop-Pop. My Pop-Pop. It's Pop-Pop. Ah, oh, dude, shut up. Pop-Pop. Yeah. So he's kissing Pop-Pop's ass the whole time. This is why nobody likes you. <laughs> so McMahon also makes another match. He says there's going to be a tag team match against... Kane and Undertaker and Stone Cold. He challenges Stone Cold to have a match with Kane and Undertaker tonight, but with a tag team partner. And then he tells, he makes it clear to uh, Rock, Mankind, and Shamrock that they are not to team with Stone Cold. He says, "I'm not asking for any favors because I don't ask for favors." <laughs> I thought that was a cool line. I'm not asking, basically. Yeah, telling yeah. You. Telling you. <laughs> yeah. So they get the opportunity. You know, all three men deserve the opportunity, he says, and they'll have their shot. He says, why should you be allies against the common enemy when all three of you should have the common goal to be the WWF champion? And I'd be proud to have any one of you as the WWF champion. So he's even building from there. So right now we're in a situation where he wants Kane or Undertaker to beat Austin for the title, but he also wants to have these other guys potentially able to beat Austin after, like next week. 
if Kane or Undertaker don't get the job done. Yeah. He already has these other three guys lined up. Like, all right, who's next? Yeah. Right, exactly. Oh, pretty cool. Pretty cool writing there. Good booking. So uh, McMahon, uh, he's kind of he's kind of gonna butter up the guys for a little bit there. He talks about how Shamrock was close to winning the title last week. Uh, he says to The Rock, "You're not just the people's champion, but how how's the uh, WWF champion sound?" So he's buttering <laughs> him up. And then he's always lame with man- mankind, though. He says, "Mick, you can taste it." <laughs> like, all right. He doesn't say anything really good about him. He says, "Yeah, you can taste it. You can get it." And then right after that, like on a dime, Vince McMahon changes his whole his whole view here. He goes from buttering them up, and then now he's going to insult them. So he tells The Rock, Rock, can you smell what Vince McMahon is cooking? You'll listen up, because <laughs> you damn sure don't want this smackdown. And then he goes to Shamrock. <laughs> you may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but you're damn sure the most dangerous. <laughs> so it's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah. the most dangerous but you're not the sharpest basically call, yeah he's basically <laughs> calling him an idiot right because you know you, hey you can't be intelligent and dangerous in the <laughs> WWE and then the Mankind again another shitty shitty uh, comment to Mankind Mankind Mick well never mind <laughs> <laughs> so he announces that triple threat match will take place later tonight at first when I was watching I thought he was saying it sounded like he said it was going to be at the pay-per-view but then it ended up being later on the show. I mean, maybe I just misheard it. Oh, I had it in my notes that it, he originally said it was at the Breakdown pay-per-view, which would be next week. In six days, rather. Well, it was later in the night, so... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go back, so I said, ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so he says the winner of the Triple Threat match will face the new WWF champion one week from tonight. So on the following week's Raw, there'll be a championship match. He says, I'll even volunteer to be the ring announcer. But all I can say about it, it won't be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thank you very much. So right from that start, he's saying Stone Cold's not going to be the champion. Either Kane or The Undertaker will be. And one of these guys might be too. So we got five guys lined up to take the belt from Austin. So Austin's going to respond to it. So let's take a listen to what Austin has to say. About all this going on here with Mr. McMahon. Take a listen. To it. So I guess things are starting to look pretty bad for Stone Cold Steve Austin because you got The Undertaker and you got Kane back here making deals with Vince McMahon. Wrong with that. Undertaker, you come out here and you tell me it's not personal, it's strictly business. Let me tell you something, you big dead bastard, if you're trying to take this, if you're trying to take this from Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're damn right, it is personal, and that's all I got to say about that. Don't call me. What do you think, a little paranoid? You come out here and you make your stipulations that Kane can't pin The Undertaker and The Undertaker can't pin Kane. Now that's the biggest load of crap you've ever said out here. And I'm not going to come out here 
I'm not going to come out here and piss and moan or whine like a little crybaby. I'll come out here and give you my opinion, and it's bullshit. <laughs> I guess it fits the legal definition of a triple threat match as Mr. McMahon understands it. So tonight I come out here in this ring, and someone from back here is supposed to volunteer to help Stone Cold Steve Austin in a tag match against The Undertaker and Kane. Fat chance the way McMahon's laid it out. And I know nobody back here in that dressing room wants to volunteer to help Steve Austin out because they're afraid they're going to piss off Vince McMahon. That's true. You don't cross the boss. You never cross the boss. So it don't matter if somebody shows up or not. I'll come out in this ring and take both of your asses on because I really don't give a rat's ass how big or bad you are. There ain't no way you'll ever finish off Stone Cold Steve Austin. Got to admire the courage, but you got to question the, uh, the and thought to wrap process. Things up, I will say this. Going in to the pay-per-view six days out, a triple threat match, you can bet your ass that if Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to go into hell against Undertaker and Kane, don't expect Austin 316 to show up, but what you can expect is Austin 666. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. Oh, man! All right, so Austin's pretty hot about this right away. He's, uh, he calls out Undertaker and Kane for making deals with McMahon. He says to the Undertaker, you tell me it's not personal, it's strictly business. Let me tell you something, you big dead bastard. If you're trying to take the WWF title from Stone Cold, you're damn right it's personal, and that's all I got to say about that. And he says to Vince, you know, you come out here with you make your stipulations that can, Kane can't beat the Undertaker, Undertaker can't pin Kane. That's the biggest load of crap you've ever said out here. <laughs> it is. It's exactly what we talked about last on the last episode. Is that that's the biggest load of crap? <laughs> Kane can't pin Undertaker. Undertaker can't pin Kane. Kane. He knows it. He knows it's just stupid, and he calls him out for it. That's awesome. Yeah, idiot. Yeah. So he goes on to say, "I'm not going to cry out and piss and moan or whine like a little crybaby. I'll come out here and give you my opinion. My opinion is it's bullshit." <laughs> I love that. I love like an opinion that's not constructive. You know what I mean? It's just like, it sucks. It's bullshit. It's not good. <laughs> so he calls him out there. Uh, Austin calls out his potential partner. He's basically saying, nobody's going to be my partner because everyone's afraid to be my partner because of yeah, what yeah. Vince McMahon will do. So he says, I'm going into this pay-per-view six days out. You can bet your ass that if Stone Cold is going into hell, don't expect Austin 316 to show up. What you can expect is Austin 666, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. I like that Austin Which never 666. Catch, yeah. Which never catches on. No. I don't think they ever marketed it or anything either. No, they never they marketed it. Yeah, it's 666. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you will see some signs in the next on uh, at the pay-per-view, Austin 666. Yeah, those shirts would have been fucking hit at Hot Topic. Hot Topic. <laughs> it must have been a Hot Topic back then. I yeah. don't think there was one around us at the time. Yeah, where else did like juggalos and stuff shop? That's true. Yeah, where the fuck did they go? <laughs> juggalos. I keep seeing, I don't know if you've seen them, there's these videos on know, social media or whatever, but it's this kid, he's like standing on his porch 
And he has like a table with barbed wire set up. He has a table with a TV set up one time, a table with mouse traps. And he jumps off and lands on him. And then he starts like, ah, oh, motherfucker, ow, ow. But before he does it, he like has a whole little rant, like, like he's a badass. <laughs> and then he just looks like a wow. little bitch when he jumps on him. The reason why I bring him up though, he's having he wears like a insane comic plastic t shirts or whatever. I think it is anyway. It says down with the clown on it. Poor kid. Yeah. Fucking he's doing shit that people did back in the uh in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Throw throwback humor. Yeah. All right, so that brings us now to the match. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin and a mystery partner versus Undertaker and Kane. And this mystery partner kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. And it was Billy Gunn. It was badass or Mr. Ass Billy Gunn. Hey, Austin, yeah, this, this did throw me off too. Yeah, Austin makes I didn't it, see this coming. No, I didn't at all. So Austin comes out and then you have the DX music hit. And there he is. Badass Billy Gunn's going to be his partner. So you got McMahon watching in the back. He's with the Stooges. He's all pissed off. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? And then Funny, Pat Patterson is trying to explain. I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> and it sucked. It was so shitty of acting <laughs> on the part well, of I, Pat when Patterson. When I thought about it, it, when you think about it, Billy Gunn does kind of make sense. If you think about it, I guess. Uh, Why is that? Deeply. Because he's a DX member. Yeah. And their whole thing is defying authority. So the fact that Vince McMahon's like basically trying to instill like the fear of God into the locker room not to join Stone Cold. Yeah, so somebody from DX yeah, it, makes sense. Yeah, it does kind of fit the DX narrative to... I think it would have been cool, and it might have been what I'm about to say originally. It may have been Triple H that was supposed to be in this spot, but Triple H oh, got probably. but Triple He's H hurt. got he got injured. He got injured yeah. at this taping. I don't know. If, oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. He got injured in a tag match. So I don't know if maybe he was going to come out for this because that would have helped put him up at a higher level come out as Austin's partner, and then they could have gone another angle with the X. But now that he's out, the X is kind of falling apart, as we'll see. Yeah, in the is next it this episode weeks. or the next episode? Might be the next. Or it might have even been in your house where he um he shows up. He's in a wheelchair. Right. That's yeah. It's the next episode of Raw. All right. Yeah. So that maybe that's where they were going with it, and they just said, "Ah, fuck it, put Billy Gunn then." Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, so you got Billy Gunn. He comes out, and uh, <laughs> so he, 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 the match starts, and the match is pretty good. Um, I said this before with Austin and tag team matches, is that he kind of just go, goes right back into his old form of being a tag team wrestler. He just knows good storytelling for tag team matches. So he does a good job with that. So he's in the ring. He's hot. He's, uh, he's hitting the Luthez press. He's doing his series of punches. And he's doing, you know, his normal type of moves in the match. But here's where Shane McMahon comes in. Goes, Austin's in fuego right now. <laughs> in fuego. So that in fuego was, was was an ESPN thing. Yes, I know. He's hot. Keep it in. Keep it at ESPN. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. That Stuart Scott used to say it, right? In yeah. Fuego. Yep. That Stuart Scott thing. I think it was Stuart Scott. Yeah. So leave yeah, it there, it was, man. It was Up definitely punchlines. Yep. Yeah, so he nails him with the loose his press, and you know when he does the series of punches right after, <clears throat> Shane yeah. McMahon is going, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like, you don't want to hear that on commentary. Boom, 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 boom. 
<laughs> so insufferable shame is what I'm going to call him from now on. Insufferable shame. <laughs> so I thought this was a surprise. I mean, I didn't know the pacing of the show. I figured this would be the main event type match because, well, I guess me not paying attention earlier <laughs> was uh, with the uh, with the triple threat number one contenders match. I guess that I should have known that was last, but I didn't hear that that match was actually happening tonight. <clears throat> For whatever reason, I thought it was happening at the pay per view only. So it makes sense that this match was earlier. Mm-hmm. So you have this match like midway through the show, and uh, hey, so. Like I said, decent match. You have Austin breaking a pinfall from Kane. This happens at the 44-minute mark. He gives the double birds to Kane. And Billy Gunn looks pretty damn good in this match. He has a nice running clothesline on Kane. And yeah, Undertaker looking for a tag. You know, he's he's been out of the match for a while. For a long time, it's been uh, Billy Gunn and Kane for a large chunk of the match. And then Taker and Austin finally get back in. They get the hot tags. Uh, Austin attempts a stunner. He, he gets pushed off towards Kane. Austin kicks Kane right in the gut, then nails the Stone Cold Stunner. Only gets a two count because the Undertaker is going to break the hold or break the count. And you get, then you get a brawl breaking out. Earl Hebner gets laid out as he should. He comes in on time finally to make a three count after Undertaker choke slams Billy Gunn when Austin and Kane end up fighting outside. So Undertaker and Kane get the win here. Um, after the match ends, Austin's going to grab a chair, whack Taker and Kane with it, and then he's going to peg them off, and <laughs> then he's off. He's out of the ring there. So, that brings us now to a brief little audio clip with Mr. McMahon about what happened here in this match, and you know why the hell is Billy Gunn out there? So, take a quick listen to Mr. McMahon with Michael Cole. Matter of fact, he's with my pops! Mr. McMahon, are you surprised that someone volunteered to be Stone Cold Steve Austin's partner? Um... I'm not, I don't think I'm ever surprised, okay, here in the World Wrestling Federation, but boy, I'm awfully disappointed. Uh, and the very fact that someone did volunteer has really angered The Undertaker and Kane, and therefore I am not going to be held personally responsible or liable for what The Undertaker and Kane might do as a result of it later on tonight. All right, so that was quick there. Mr. McMahon mentions that he's disappointed that Billy Gunn or even anyone would volunteer to team with Austin. <laughs> so McMahon uh, says he's afraid of The Undertaker and Kane might now be more pissed off because of what happened there in that match. He's not going to be held responsible for what happens in their, all their anger. He's putting so much stock into Taker and Kane right now, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> like all in. Pushed all his chips in. <laughs> Alright, so that'll bring us now to the triple threat match. Number one contenders match. So you kind of get a loaded Raw here. You got nice two big big matches. You got Kane. I mean Mankind versus The Rock versus Ken Shamrock. And this match kicks off at 1 hour 22 minutes. It goes to the 1 hour 34 minute mark of the episode. So really what you got here is a um, nice match. Nice match here. Um, you're gonna see an even better one next week. I can't well, on the next show, which we'll be getting to in a little bit. Uh, this is a nice little warm up for these guys to be in a triple threat match. Um, Rock and Mankind are gonna team up right away on Shamrock, and then they immediately and Mankind's gonna immediately go after the Rock. So you got Rock and Mankind teaming up, and then Mankind just turns on him right away. Pretty cool there. Um, I 
The Rock has been kind of on his own as like a star over the past couple of weeks, like just solo. So well, you can hear the Rocky chant, the Rocky crowd, the Rocky chants in the crowd too. Yeah, people are starting to take to him. Um, yeah, they love when he gives the people's elbow to Shamrock in this match. They they pop for him. And it just well, seems even like, like pre match his pre match promo is really good. Like he kind of fl- he like raises his fist like he's gonna punch Michael Cole. Michael Cole flinches like a little oh, bitch. That's right. Yeah, it did. So yeah. it's like he's he, he kind of got the the crowd amped up for him because he you know he laid his groundwork in the pre match promo. So people got a taste of you know what type of rock they get tonight, and they were hyped. Right. He's starting to become cool. You know, he's starting, yeah, to, he's all, starting to hit all his you know catchphrases and shit. It was. I don't know. He's good. He, right, exactly. You knew then, like the guy was going to be great. So it just seems like the nation is over at this point <laughs> because they're not ever out together the past few weeks. No, he's never really with them. <laughs> yeah. Never. So I didn't. I mean, if this how it how it ends, I didn't remember this. It just kind of just fizzles out, just ends without anything really happening. And I didn't recall yeah. that. Yeah. No, we would have covered it. No, no, I know. I know we didn't miss anything. I'm just saying, like, me trying to think back to remembering, if you had to ask me, oh, when did the nation end? How did it end? There was, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I have no clue. I would have thought something would have went down, but nothing went down. The Rock just got too popular, and they broke him away without any, any, anything to do about it, you know? Without a, no big fuss. Anyway, let's get back to this. You got the Rock and Mankind, they have some solid work. They've worked together a few times at this point. Shamrock and The Rock, they've also worked a whole lot together. So they get some good stuff going on in the ring. That's uh, Ken Shamrock has got to be The Rock's most frequent opponent at this point in his time. Over the past year, at least, ever since Shamrock yeah, was they, in. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had so many matches on pay-per-views. Yeah. They had an IC title match, too. Yep. Like, they've had championship matches, so... They they work well together in the ring too. Oh, they do. Like Shamrock's obviously really, really, really good. Yeah, out of the three, Shamrock at this, he's the best wrestler of the three guys. In oh the, yeah, in the ring, he's he's the most technically sound. I mean, he's not the total package, right? You know, with the charisma, he lacks he lacks charisma <clears throat> exactly. Like a lot, like any of it, he doesn't right. have it. So at one hour and 29 minute mark, you have Vince McMahon's going to lead Kane and Undertaker out to the ring. Undertaker's going to pull Mankind out of the ring, and he's going to beat on him a little bit. Rock and Shamrock go back and forth in it, in the ring, and Undertaker's going to eventually go into the ring and attack Shamrock, and McMahon's all dicked off outside ringside. I don't know why he's dicked off. You know, why would he be dicked off? This is like It's not like this has anything to do with Austin, really. Other than they're going to get a title shot. Maybe he's just pissed off because Undertaker and Kane aren't listening to him. <laughs> and they're just doing whatever they want. <laughs> so Kane and Undertaker enter the ring. And The Rock is in there on his own. And The Rock attacks. He gets double teamed eventually. You know, He gets double choke slammed. And then that's it, really. The match ends. So you don't have a winner. We don't have a number one contender determined. Kane and Undertaker ruined it. And now it's just Kane and Undertaker against Stone Cold at breakdown, and there's no number one contender for the following week. You know, they kind of ruined McMahon's plans, I guess, because he wanted to have a number one contender. So I guess from the point of view of Kane and the Undertaker, if one of us is going to win this title, 
And we're going to kick the shit out of all these guys right now before they can even be number one contender. <laughs> so I guess that's good logic on their part, that part of the storytelling. I think so. Yeah. All right, so nobody wins there. That brings us now to uh, some side notes. Uh, we already kind of covered Shane McMahon, him being just a loud mouth. <laughs> you know, the one thing I did want to look up, though, is to see how old he was. He was 28 years old at this time. So he's a young guy. And the, wow. sur- and the surprising 28? Yeah, 28. Shit. And then the surprising thing to me was Jim Cornette was only 37 years old. Yeah, I thought he was like 50. <laughs> right. That's the thing, though. When, when you're younger, somebody in their 30s seems a lot older. <laughs> I have two years to make sure I don't look like Jim Cornette. Did at 37. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking good. Future's looking bright. New shades. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have... Um... I Shane McMahon fucking... <laughs> yeah. He would say something stupid like I just said. <laughs> Sable and Jacqueline are going to battle for the WWF Women's Championship, which comes just out of nowhere. The title hasn't been around since 1995, and it's up for grabs here. So they just bring the title back, and because they're the only two women wrestlers, I guess, and not counting Lunar, I suppose, but those are the two main ones, and they're going to fight for this title. Jacqueline ends up winning. She gets help from Mark Merrow, of course. So she's the new WWF Women's Champion. Yeah, Val Venus versus Owen Hawk. You had Dustin Runnels on commentary, and they've had this feud going on for a little while, Val and Dustin. You have uh, Terry involved with Val now, and after the match, Val gets Dustin tied up in the ropes, and he says, have you ever witnessed your wife experience orgasmic pleasures? (laughs) Such a fucking asshole thing to say. He says, let me introduce you to my new film, Something About Terry. So every one of his films are just like a parody of a movie that existed. Something about Terry. <laughs> something about Mary. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say something like this. This time, it doesn't get stuck in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Val and Terry. You know, they're fucking the heels here, in my opinion. But they're coming across as baby faces because the crowd just loves it. The crowd, the 1998 crowd are a bunch of dickheads, really. That's the culture of the time, is that... They're going to root for the people that are funny, the people that talk about dicks and tits and (laughs) (laughs) shit like that. (laughs) And the person that is going through a hard time in their life and lost their wife, (laughs) they're the ones to laugh at. (laughs) So, fucking poor Dustin here. But Dustin has warned Val Venus, he's coming. He's coming. You know, and at this point, you know, they're building up the whole religious thing, but we might be in for a shock. <laughs> they're like, shit, if we want to see religious shit, we'll go to a synagogue or a temple or a church. <laughs> yeah. or right. Not fucking, you know, where Wrestling. are they? This episode? They're in Sacramento. 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 California. <laughs> yeah, like at whatever their stadium's called. Yeah. All right, so this will bring us now to In Your House. Was there any other side notes that you had from that, Raw? Um, no, I mean, uh, uh, no. Uh-huh. All right. Let's well, I guess, it... yeah, quickly. Right. Uh, the X-Pac, X-Pac wins the European Championship match. Oh, yeah, the European right. Championship yep. against D'Lo Brown, and it's actually a really good match. So yeah, that's It's right. short, but it's, it was one of the better matches 
probably the best match on Raw. Well, not not the best because the triple threat was really good. Yeah, triple but threat was if good. Not for the triple threat. This would have been like a talked about match for this Raw. Yeah, and he wins the title too. Yeah. So, but now that's it. We I thought I had that in my notes. I must have uh, must have got rid of it. In your house. Yeah. All right. So move on now to in your house breakdown from September twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight. This is coming from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And we're going to start first with uh, some pre-show coverage from Sunday Night Heat, Episode 9. And we'll start with a McMahon promo. We're not going to play it for you, but we'll just run down the gist of it. So McMahon comes out, and he's going he's gonna to come out. He's going to give that whole spiel again that, you know, Steve Austin is not leaving here, the WWF champion. I guarantee it. So he's pulling that same shit that he did back at King of the Ring. Even at the pre-show King of the Ring, he did the same thing. So there it is again. And Vince McMahon, at first, though, even before that, he says, you know, I come out here to apologize tonight. I come out here to apologize for the three WWF superstars who fought their hearts out on Monday. I'd like to apologize to Shamrock, The Rock, and Mankind. So they just had that match, and it was Kane and Undertaker that interrupted it. and. Didn't end up with a number one contender. McMahon says there was no number one contender due to the interference by Undertaker and Kane. People will say I don't live up to my end of the deal. As people know, I am a man of my word. So McMahon announces that there will be a rematch, another triple threat match tonight, the pay-per-view in a steel cage so that they can be a positive victor for the number one contendership. So Kane and Undertaker cannot interfere this time. So that's a big announcement. And then he also now brings up the main event. As if anyone interferes, so he adds a stipulation. If anyone interferes, anybody, to help Steve Austin, I will stop the match and strip Stone Cold of the WWF Championship. Now, that stipulation, okay, that's all well and good. If you're going to do something with that, there's nothing that comes of that. Now, it's not like later, you know, somebody comes down and tries to interfere and, you know, they, there's just nothing to do with it. So I, it's almost like pointless to even bring it up. But anyway, that's the added stipulation. McMahon pulls uh, one last little asshole dig at the Canadian fans. My only regret is that this pay-per-view extravaganza has to take place here in Canada. I guarantee Stone Cold Steve Austin will not leave here. WWF champion. Thank you very much. That's been his thing lately. I thank you very much at the end. May I thank you very much. So from there, McMahon's like all over this pre-show, nonstop. He's, he has like four interview segments. <laughs> so in the next one, and this one carries out over, you know, throughout the episode of Heat, throughout this pre-show. So it's not just one segment, it's a... It's a few segments that I bunched together here. But basically what happens is McMahon's going to offer Mark Henry a non-title match in a steel cage because the steel cage is hanging up there. And they say, hey, we'll use it here and have a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So McMahon is trying to weaken Stone Cold Steve Austin prior to his title defense. And he wants to use Mark Henry. So Mark Henry accepts. He says, yeah, I'll bring it on. Let's do it. And... I knew I knew right from the start. Once I heard that, I was like, this match isn't happening. There's no way that Austin would have a match with Mark Henry prior to prior to this pay-per-view. Like, bullshit. And I was right. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it. 
<laughs> you went with your gut. Yeah. So basically, uh, Undertaker and Kane, uh, Undertaker, Kane, McMahon, they're gonna come out as the cage lowers prior to the start of this potential match. This is happening at 34 minutes on that episode of Heat. So the cage comes down. McMahon gets in. He's uh, he's shaking the cage. And this is the big blue old, you know, the old school cage, the blue cage. That they used back at SummerSlam 97 in the uh, Triple H match. Pretty good match there. Um, but that's the last time we've seen it. And here it is back again. And it's actually the last time that it's going to be used on television. I mean, it'll be used in a sense because... Oh, they're, they're going to just paint it. They're going to paint it black. But... You'll never see the blue cage again in the WWF really? after this. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so you see, haven't seen it. Since? Well, like I said, it's no. a, it's the same cage. They just paint it, but you don't see it. Well, as no, a, no, no, it's not the same cage because it's black, and we're looking for the blue one. Well, so they, but they haven't used the blue one since because the blue one is like you know, it's, right? It's the OG cage. You know what I mean? Right. Black's not the same. No, not the blue cage. Not the blue. But they haven't used it since then. No shit, Dan. Yeah. No, nope, they haven't used it. So, this is the last hurrah. It's on heat, and then it's on the pay-per-view. And then it gets painted. And they use it in 1999. Then they quickly go to uh, the, the mesh cages. It might have been actually used on a house show after this, but I'm talking about TV or pay-per-view. Pretty sure there was a house show match with the steel cage, because I looked it up. So, Alright, so, the match is a, it's a set to begin, but Mark Henry who's been having some issues with China. He gets attacked by China backstage. And she hits him with a lead pipe, so he can't make it out. Kane and Undertaker are on the outside of the cage while Mr. McMahon is in there checking the sturdiness of the ring. And he wants to get on the mic, so he's, he's a ring worker, you know, working on the cage. And he wants, he wants a mic, so he's like, hey, give me a mic, give me a mic, whatever. And <laughs> the guy's locking the door. And, you know, we already know what the hell is going to happen here. <laughs> so the ring crew member turns around, takes off his hat, takes off his hair, and he got stone cold. <laughs> he got stone cold with a beard, and he's got glasses on and makes him look like Arn Anderson from 1987. Because <laughs> he's got the bald head, he's got the beard, then he's got those those big glasses. I don't even know how to really describe them verbally here, but it's the Arn Anderson glasses. The big old lens, it's like 80s glasses. He's got those suckers on. You now he looks like a BTK killer, Dennis Rader. If anybody knows who that is, <laughs> that on Anderson look. But uh, that's what he looked like, and then he attacks him. So Austin's been beating the shit out of McMahon the past couple weeks. Every week he's been attacking him. He attacked him last week, he's attacked him here, and uh, it's going to happen again. So Austin attacks McMahon, Undertaker and Kane are trying to get into the ring, so they climb the cage. Austin climbs out at the same time. He pegs them off. Pretty cool start to uh, a pay-per-view, this pre-show. It's probably one of the better pre-shows that we've seen. And, you know, Heat, with with Heat, you, you can do that. You can have a good pre-show. And uh, you got a video package to wrap things up. Try to hype up the pay-per-view one last time. And then McMahon's even going to cut another promo just to remind everybody that he will have the WWF Championship in his hands tomorrow night, and he can guarantee it. All right, so let's get now to the breakdown main show. And we'll get right into the 
main event match here. So you got the WWF World Championship Triple Threat Match. Steve Austin versus Undertaker versus Kane. The match is going to start at 2 hours, 11 minutes, 42 seconds. And it's going to go until about 2 hours, 37 minutes. So let's get right into it here. You got JR and Jerry Lawler. They're on commentary. They're going to remind the audience that if anyone interferes on Austin's behalf, Austin's stripped of the title. Also, Undertaker cannot pin Kane. Kane cannot pin the Undertaker. And they do a good job explaining that Austin has a better chance because he can pin either one of them. But they can all, they all, they have to pin him. What but it's flawed. It's yeah, fl- it's flawed because it just gives McMahon more outs, which they don't address. I don't I don't recall them addressing, but they should, because all he has to do is say, "Hey, I want you to go help Austin." Then he gets a reason to strip Austin of the title. Right. Yeah. That and that's the thing. Like coming up with that stipulation. You would expect something like that was going to happen, but nothing happens. They didn't have to. They, they didn't have to make it that stipulation in order for them not to make that decision to do that. Meaning, I don't know. Right? Does it doesn't make any sense to even have that stipulation? It's weird. It doesn't. It doesn't really spice things up either. Because who the hell ever comes out to help Steve Austin? You know, the yeah. only person that I could think that oh he's going to come out and fuck it up for Austin that would be. Mankind. McFoley. I could see McFoley yep. coming trying to come out and help in in screwing it for Steve Austin because he's mad at Kane and Undertaker. So he comes out to try to screw them by helping Austin and then he screws Austin in turn. And something like that would have worked, but they don't do that. Now so, this I'll let you get into this pretty bad all right, match. So, all right, so <laughs> pretty bad match? <laughs> yeah, it is kind of pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a snooze fest. Yeah, we, so with that said, we don't have to go through all the details here. We can you know, hit the main spots here, basically. You know, so the match starts with you know, Kane, Undertaker. They come out separately, and I guess it's to kind of show the fact that you know, they're, they're, they're on their own. They're, yeah, they're on their own. And once Undertaker, So Kane makes his entrance first, and Undertaker comes out. And, uh, Stone Cold's going to come out right away. You know, The Rattlesnake struck first. He hits, all, he hits Undertaker with a steel chair. And that gets Which the was match a great started. idea. That yeah, was, that was great, 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 great yeah. way to, to kind of play out the match like that. Right, that's definitely because he needs start to get the upper hand off the jump and well, right off the clip, and that's what he does. Right, because the, it's always stacked against him, so he needs to get yeah. advantages wherever he can. So that's and how they no start out. No, this is why he's stone cold. He's always prepared. Yep, he's gonna follow that big dead bastard out and just hit him with the chair to get things going. Yeah. <laughs> so Austin, Austin has some control early on in the match too. He's he's back and forth beating up on Kane, beating up on Undertaker. And that's a good way, you know, to get things going because, you know, attacking Undertaker by surprise kind of slows him down early on so he can take care of Kane, then get back to Undertaker while he's barely recovered and just be able to go back and forth between it. So he's definitely avo- a good strategy. Yeah, and he's avoiding being double teamed for most of the match. So for about like six minutes, um, they he avoids getting double teamed. Eventually, he will get double teamed, and um, that happens outside the ring. And they're outside the ring at that point you know, for about four minutes. So countouts are out of the picture apparently. And who's the referee? Earl Hebner. <laughs> of course he is. Earl Hebner's Yo the boy. referee. There's no countouts going on, so it's got to be Earl Hebner. But JR is going to step in later and 
cover his ass. He's gonna say, "Oh, referee was told told earlier to not count anybody out." <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but the, you know, Jr. just thinking to do that. Smart. It's good. Good commentary. But why would you count anyone out in a triple threat match? I don't know. I, I always I mean, thought triple threat matches by default were no holds, no DQ, no, no DQ. Mean, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, or no holds barred, whatever. I know it's no DQ, but no DQ doesn't mean no countout. You know, no doesn't? DQ, right? Because the countout is just a separate thing. Oh. No, no DQ would be like you hit him with the chair. Okay, that's fine. You'd get disqualified for hitting somebody with the chair, so you're not disqualified. But a count-out—that's a different type of fall. Or if you're outside the ring, you're not supposed to be outside the ring. All right, I guess that makes. But sense. I guess they always go hand in hand usually, which is—I mean, I'm thinking of mean. like current triple threat matches I've watched. They always, at least yeah. nowadays, they always end up. Oh yeah. Barred. I right. Think that's what they are by like default. Right. Yeah. Count- they were still finding themselves. Right. They're still finding themselves in 1998 here, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is really the beginning of starting to do those types of gimmick matches. Right, where, it, it, exactly. That's yeah, what I'm getting at. Yeah, so they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do. All right, so you have that going on. So I just thought it was funny that he doesn't get counted out after being there <laughs> for four minutes, and JR even mentions it. But um, you get them going up the aisle. This is a common, common segment in Austin matches lately is they find their way back up the entryway. But at this point, you have the Stooges looking out on the match. And Austin is hes getting beat on by Kane and Undertaker. But he kind of gets up and he, he comes to just a little bit. And he like crawls, runs past Kane and Undertaker and just goes after Jerry Briscoe. <laughs> and tackles Briscoe and starts wailing on Briscoe. <laughs> so he's just getting his ass kicked by Kane and Undertaker. He's like, screw this, I'm getting Briscoe. <laughs> and then uh, even Sergeant Sada stomping on him. And JR is like, the commission's stomping on him. That's not right. That's not right. So you have that there. And I thought that was a funny spot in the match. Just out of nowhere, basically. <laughs> that happens at the two-hour, 26-minute mark. Uh, and then from there, you get a Kane and Undertaker and Kane are going to grab Austin off of Briscoe. They start dragging him down the aisle. Kind of look like it's like dragging Jesus Christ on the, on the cross is how they had it. And then I think they realized, oh, this doesn't look right. So they stopped real quick. And Undertaker started to hold him by the head and bring him back down to the rink. So once they get him back in the ring, they beat on him. And Kane's going to get distracted by Hebner. And this is going to allow for Austin to become free. And he breaks out of a shitty-ass hole that Undertaker had in. I think Undertaker just makes up shitty moves sometimes. Yeah. It's like he someone taught him how to do a submission hold. Right, he thinks he, he's an MMA guy at this point. Yeah, and, and his memory just isn't all all that great. <laughs> right, so he doesn't have it down right. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> shit. <laughs> I just picture how, like what's, what would be going on in my head if I did that, and that's what I what I was putting out. Yeah, like, oh, all right. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm gonna you know fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see that that shitty Undertaker hold. And go back to like two hours and twenty eight minutes, and we'll be doing it right around that point. And Austin's gonna he's gonna stomp out of that hold, and then he's gonna give a lariat. Kane finally comes, you know, he's back too, and so he bounces out of that move, gives the lariat to Kane. Then he does a battering ram. I guess that's what you would call it, like a shoulder 
Yeah, slamming your shoulder into him. Wow. It's like a battering shoulder ram, block. I guess. Our shoulder block, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> and then he's then he's gonna start to you know stomp the mud hole in him in the corner. And Undertaker's gonna stop that comeback. And then you have Austin grab a chair. From there he's gonna give Kane a nice chair shot. He goes in to make a cover, but Undertaker's going to break it with the chair shot to Austin. And Undertaker's going to go for the pinfall, but then Kane breaks it. So this happened at 2 hours, 30-minute mark. So now you have Kane and Undertaker starting to prevent each other from winning the title. So that's a cool little twist in the match, which you would expect would happen. And they give a nice little stare down, Taker and Kane. And you can, you can see Undertaker say, what the fuck? <laughs> And they zoom in on the Undertaker, and I noticed he has like that typical '90s eyebrow piercing with the bar, like the barbell type piercing <laughs> through his eyebrow. <laughs> I and, that too. and you know, when I say '90s, you know, it is from that time period. But the only people I saw with that were girls <laughs> back in the '90s. I mean, I, well, I guess we didn't really hang around with too many like goth type. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on who you hang out with. And he was older, so maybe older older males were wearing that. Yeah, maybe. All right, so they got Austin and Kane. They're going to team up with each other for a little bit and work on The Undertaker. And Austin's going to immediately turn on Kane, of course, and give him a side rush and leg sweep. And you get the Stooges still looking on. You know, McMahon hasn't been involved in this at all, and Jerry Lawler makes a point to bring that up. And... Undertaker's outside the ring at this point as Austin and Kane go at it. Kane's going to go for a cover on Austin. But Earl Hebner isn't even in the ring. And there was like no reason for him not to be in the ring. But he just wasn't in the ring in time. So he comes running in there. And Kane and Undertaker, again, they start to uh, break each other's pinfalls back and forth. And they do a nice little uh, double clothesline to each other. You know, I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for Austin to try to go for a win. But he doesn't. He just starts stomping on them. And it's just a failed opportunity. And Austin gets he gets knocked into the ropes. And he gets set up now for a tombstone. This is at 2 hours, 36 minutes. And Kane's going to go for a tombstone on Austin. But Austin pushes Kane off while Undertaker is climbing the top rope. So Undertaker was climbing the top rope so they could do, like, the spike tombstone. To him, which they had yeah, done before, yeah. and they miss it basically because Austin bounces into the ropes. Undertaker falls on his nuts on the top turnbuckle. Austin goes for a stunner on the cane, but gets pushed by Kane right into Undertaker's big boot. He gets double choke slammed. Austin gets double choke slammed at that point, and then they both lay on him and get the three count. What did you think of that finish? Double choke slam. Both of them lay down on him. He loses the title. Um, but you don't have a fucking like winner. It. No, I, I I didn't like it at all. No, it sucks. It's such a I mean, bullshit it doesn't way. allow them to prolong like the feud and the story. Obviously, um, I I don't know. I I had the feeling that this was going to close this chapter of like this feud, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it just I, carries I like, on. I I didn't like how nobody ends up with the belt. Basically, right. Right, and that's what happens. You have Austin lose, 
But but I can see the symbolism in it. It, it. It's Vince McMahon won. Vince McMahon got the belt. Yeah, and that was kind. Of, and, 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 and I guess yeah, if you look into it deeply, in theory, man, <laughs> in theory, dude, Vince McMahon was fighting Stone Cold. You know what I mean? There, that's the hero and the villain in the, yeah. in the show. Right, and Undertaker and it's Kane fun. are the proxies. You know, yeah, they're just in they're place just of him. The hired guns, basically. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's a good point. So, but yeah. it still makes me hate the match. It doesn't make me change right. It, so. now this, but it does. Speaking that out, talking it out, it does make me actually like the finish a little more. I yeah, because then it, then it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, because then right after yeah. the match is over, McMahon is demanding, "Give me the damn belt! Give me the damn yeah. belt!" <laughs> and Briscoe takes the belt, and then they go running off with the belt. He jumps in his limo, <laughs> and you know he's he's out of there. And it's almost like another screw job too, taking place in Canada. Yeah, that's like, it. I all right. That. So it's like, all right, Austin lost. Your, your champion's not the champion anymore. Kane and Undertaker, hey, they pinned each other. They pinned them both. There's no clear winner on it. And McMahon just runs away with the belt. So he he walks off raising the belt. Canadians are pissed at him. Austin's gonna lay out Briscoe. He lays out Slaughter, Patterson, and then, like I said, McMahon hightails it in the limo. And you get uh, you get Austin and McMahon. They they end up face to face in the parking lot as McMahon's in his limo. He's like, you see this? You don't have this anymore. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jr. closes out the show. He says Austin's lost the title, but who the hell's the champion? And that's exactly what I was thinking. Who the hell's the champion now? So nothing spectacular. I mean, I like the story. It's a good continuation of the story in a sense. No, I just don't like the ending there. I don't like how the title is off of Austin. But I guess it makes sense. You know, this is a way to continue on the feud. You don't always, in, in this case of Austin, him just beating everybody all the time as the champion. You want to create situations where he needs to come back and you know get revenge for the people trying to screw him. You know, i.e. Mr. McMahon. So... He's either always odds against him, like like what you had in this match, or he's getting screwed out of the title, like what happened in this match again. And I guess that's like the whole idea of it is we know he's the champ, we know he's the legit champ, but he's getting screwed, and that pisses us off. Yeah, so they're kind of doing their job, I guess. Right. Yeah. So it's good storytelling in a sense. And uh, in regards to the match. Two skulls. Two skulls, what I say? Uh, I gave it uh, one and a half skulls. Wow. Yeah. All right. I really didn't like it. I mean, talking it out, I mean, it makes the – it helps from the, the story. Yep. You know, now that I kind of, you know, convinced myself that Vince kind of won, but the match itself was just bad. I didn't like it. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. It was, wasn't that great. I expected more. Yeah. I, I want more from between Kane and Undertaker. They didn't go that route. No, they didn't. They kind of, um, of they tiptoed around it. And when yeah. they did, they just kind of like, you know. It didn't last. They, yeah. Just to test the water. And that was it. Yeah. They pulled back real quick. <laughs> All right. So, you know, kind of lackluster main event. But on that show, on Breakdown, you know, I, I think it's a good enough show to go back and watch as a pay-per-view. Um, 
mainly because of this match here, the triple threat cage match, the number one contenders match. This was a fucking awesome match. Now this is this is the real main event, and you know this is like the the coming out show for the Rock, basically. Is what is how I viewed this. It's like wow, the Rock is a star here. What did you think of that match, Shamrock, Rock, Mankind? Oh, it was a great match, but um, you know, you do. This is the this is the Rock's coming out party. That's that's for sure. Yeah. And um, prior to the match, like one hour into the pay per view, um, Shamrock, The Rock, and Mankind each give a promo. And right there, if you were just going to judge who was the star of those promos in like ranking order and pecking order. It went The Rock, Mankind, Shamrock. Shamrock is so outclassed in the promos leading up to the match yeah. that, uh, I don't know, it just it, as is great that, as Shamrock is, having and he went first. I'm pretty sure it was his promo first, and then the, the Rock and Mankind after him. It was just like, oof. It's probably best that he went first, though. Yeah. Because then, then you forget about it. <laughs> you forget about him. Yeah. But, if, but if he came out last, like, oh, his really sucks <laughs> compared to what the other guys said. But yeah, that's good. Good call. Yeah, you had to rank them. You know, the Rock's right up there. Shamrock's at the bottom. So you yeah, get a good match here. Mankind's yeah, close. Mankind's always good. <clears throat> so you get you get a nice crazy match here. Yeah, I don't want to go through it all, but it's definitely a match that you should check out. Uh, this is a four four star match all the way. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, you get you get the Rock winning. Um, I think I'd go with four stars too. Yeah, for sure. It's, def- it's definitely a good match. Um, well, four skulls, four skulls. Yeah, I I didn't say skulls because it wasn't an awesome match, but, <laughs> but since it's oh, all right, that makes but sense. since it's what we go with, yeah, might as well say it. yeah, it's a four skull match. <laughs> so you have uh, just a couple highlights though from this match is you got mankind. He's gonna jump off the the cage. He's gonna do an elbow drop. He misses. Misses the yellow drop. Rock rolls away. Um, you get a nice double arm DDT by Mankind with, uh, with a hell of a chair shot. And probably the corniest line Jim Ross has ever said. And JV, you got that clip to play? I do. I do right. have that clip. So um, right. we'll play that for our, for our listeners here. It's right. fucking terrible. Take a listen. He's number 25 of the WWF Cardinals. Oh my fucking god. He's number 25 on the WWF Cardinals. Mankind Maguire just hit 71. <laughs> I get they're trying to like piggyback off the uh, yeah. run rate. You know, yep. Steroid ball, but. Okay. <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Yeah, they're like Sammy Sosa. But they, they would usually go with Maguire. Mankind Maguire. He's number 25 on the WWF Cardinals. What the fuck is that? It's the worst call that Jim Ross has ever had. It's horrible. It's so horrible, it's funny. And I like it now. (laughs) (laughs) So bad, it's good. So bad, it's good. So, good match there, good ending. Uh, I think um, what you get here, ultimately, in the ending there is Mankind goes to climb over the cage. But The Rock, smarter than Mankind. (laughs) He has Shamrock 
knocked out in the rink and just pins him and gets the win while Mankind is trying to climb out of the rink. Trying to climb out. And he doesn't realize it until he hits the floor and looks back. And then he starts freaking out and pulling his hair and acting all crazy. <laughs> so that was pretty damn cool. So cool ending. And I thought this maybe sets up the uh, the Rock and the Mankind feud. It could be like the beginning of it right here. So crowd yeah. loved both of them. Uh, Rock kind of wins as a heel, and you get kind of babyface um, sympathy for Mankind losing that way. You just kind of feel bad for all he went through in the match, and he just gets fooled. <laughs> he goes the wrong way. You get the Rock. Yeah, and he's been building the sympathy from the crowd for a while. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the Rock is the number one contender, but we don't know who the hell the champion is. At this point in the show, you know, it was Stone Cold. But now, at the end of this show, we don't know who it is. So, The Rock is not going to get his title match most likely the next night because we don't know who the hell the champion is. So, Mankind is, uh, like I said, he's losing it. Definitely a cool match worth going back. Uh, a couple other things notable on the show, I thought, was Owen Hart versus Edge. I thought this was a pretty cool match to start the show. It was the opening match. You have two Canadians opening up the show in Canada. So. That was probably cool for the crowd. Um, well, it's, it's good because um, Christian. Well, yes. Right. Cost Edge the match. Yeah. So that just kind of helps build that this small uh, story there going on between Edge, Christian, Gangrel. So, which right. I, I remember being so interested in. I, I thought that was such an interesting characters. Well, yeah, it was definitely definitely cool because Edge had and it was really like lower mid card. Yeah, really low mid card. Yeah, you had Edge and Gangrel having their thing going on for a few weeks. Now you have this yep. new guy just jump out of the crowd. Just like Edge came out of the crowd. And you have another Edge-like guy. They even say, oh, he looks like Edge. Yeah. And he just kind of stalks Edge and runs off. And Edge gives chase, but they can't find him. Yeah, because so, they're all vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know that yet. Well, we know what you mean. We know Gangrel <laughs> is, but yeah. we're not sure about Edge and Christian. Places. We don't even know Christian's name yet at this point. No. So that'll be cool to see how that evolves. And then the other thing that I thought was pretty cool, and, and it's not a great match at all, but it was Vader versus Bradshaw. And you get a new look Bradshaw. Okay, Bradshaw, who's just formerly a Blackjack, has now dropped the Blackjack name. He's no longer Blackjack Bradshaw. He's just Bradshaw. And last time we saw him, he got his ass knocked out by Bart Gunn. But now he's back here. He's looking jack and fit. And he calls Vader out. He says, you know, Vader, you're a fat ass. This isn't survival. This is survival of the fittest, not survival of the fattest. <laughs> so, so it's more of like a true Bradshaw character. You now he's being like a, a dickhead, which is he know, he's known for being in the backstage. <laughs> so he's letting his part of his real personality come out. Here in his character, which always makes for a better character, is when you can bring your real personality into it. And then just to kind of wrap up Val Venus and Dustin Runnels, uh, Val Venus pretty easily beats beats Dustin, gives him the money shot. Uh, Terry Runnels is making out with Val Venus like all the time <laughs> during this match. So yeah, like I said before, they're the real dickheads, they're the real heels, but. 1998, that's babyface all day. So that's how that ends. Now that brings us now to the next night, 
unless JV, you have anything you want to say about any other matches that may have popped out to you on the breakdown pay per view. No, I I just wanted to make sure that we covered the debut of Christian, and we did that. So, uh, oh yeah, good. All right, all right. So let's get into it now. It's Raw two seventy nine, September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. This is live. This is in Detroit, Michigan. And the show is going to open up with a video package that highlights Mr. McMahon's master plan. So going all the way back to the beginning of September, the weeks leading up to the pay-per-view and the pay-per-view, they talk about how Stone Cold screwed Stone Cold and McMahon's master plan to get the title off of him. So that's how the show opens. And then from there, it leads to a promo with Mr. McMahon. So take a listen to this promo from Mr. McMahon, and we'll talk about it. In a few minutes. He's surgically removed. Well, I thought you might be a little upset with me. But time heals all wounds. However, the next time that I say, I guarantee you something, I bet you listen to me. You can take it to the bank. And you know what? That's all I ever wanted from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I simply wanted him to listen to me and take direction. We could have done this the easy way, Austin. Oh, but no. We had to do it your way. We had to do it the hard way. However, now, I'm proud to say we're doing things the Vince McMahon way. And as such, Austin, unlike the last time that you lost the WWF Championship, let me assure you, there will be no rematch. Let me repeat that. There will be no rematch. Wow. Very unfair. However, in a magnanimous gesture, Stone Cold Steve Austin, to show you that I, I don't, I. Starting an Austin chant? What are you saying? To show you, Austin, that I don't carry a grudge. Tonight, we will celebrate your career, Austin. I will deem, I will decree tonight, Stone Cold Steve Austin night. Wow, how big-hearted, JR! Matter of fact, Mr. Austin, we have uh, some choice individuals that I believe a professional welcoming committee is here to welcome you to make certain that indeed you have easy access to and from this facility. Detroit police officers. That's not the only reason for a celebration tonight. There's another. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in this very ring, we will crown a new World Wrestling Federation champion. And that new WWF champion will be presented the official 
World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. Not this one across my broad shoulder. Oh no, you see? This was a championship belt that Stone Cold Steve Austin had made for himself. Look at it with the skull on it. How embarrassing. There's only one place that this championship belt is going. And that's above my fireplace, on my mantle, in one of my homes. <laughs> Bring a tear to a glass It'll eye. It'll be placed there with all my other awards and trophies. So what about it, Stone Cold? Will you join us tonight for your own celebration? Will you, Austin, join us as we present the official WWF Championship belt to the new World Wrestling Federation Champion? We anxiously await your response. In the meantime, Commissioner, if you would. What's he doing now? Oh, oh give me yes. a break. The Commissioner is placing Stone Cold Steve Austin's championship belt around his belt owner of the WWF championship. What are you doing? The owner of the WWF himself. This belt weighs to Vince McMahon. I thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the evening. Thank you very much. What a jovial Mr. McMahon! McMahon that wants to make sure that Austin doesn't get his hands on... Look, look, look at him! Look at him! Oh yeah, he's stone cold for the day. Alright, so when the show kicks off, you think Austin's coming out, but Mr. McMahon comes out, and he's got the Smoking Skull title, WWF Championship on his shoulder, he's got the Stooges, he's got local law enforcement, and the Detroit police, their uniforms suck. They don't look like police officers. <laughs> Those uniforms. It's like they look like army. Look like military type uniforms. So McMahon comes out there. He goes, next time I tell you, I guarantee you, I bet you'll listen. I bet you'll listen to me. And it's exactly what he did back at the first blood match at King of the Ring. And he did it here again at Breakdown. So it makes sense. People better start listening to what he says. You know, McMahon says, we could have done this the easy way. But we had to do this your way, the hard way. But now I'm proud to say we're doing things the Vince McMahon way. <laughs> and there will be no rematch. Let me repeat that. There will be no rematch. So JR even at that point's like, oh, no way. This is ridiculous. Like he's mad that he's not going to get a rematch. It's not, like, it's not like today where, well, they did away with this recently. But for a while in WWE, oh, automatic rematch. You lost the title, you get a rematch. It's like, Oh, that, that's stupid. If you lose, then you should be at the bottom again. So in this case, Vince McMahon, yeah, you're right on. You lost the title? Well, start over again. So McMahon announces that tonight, it will be Stone Cold Steve Austin night. All right, so we have Austin 316 Day. But now we got another day to celebrate is Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. September 28th. We have to try to remember that. Celebrate. 
I'll look for any day. Calendar. Yeah, you know, any chance I have to say, you know, I got to drink a few beers. <laughs> or I got to have a few uh, captains. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Hey, I got to celebrate. That works for me. So, McMahon, he's going to declare it that day, and there will be a new WWF champion. And that new WWF champion will be presented the official championship. Not this one across my broad shoulder. Oh, no. There's only one place for this, and that's above my fireplace on my mantle in one of my homes. <laughs> I thought that was such a great line, such a dickhead line. One of my homes. One of my homes, yeah. So McMahon invites Austin to be at this crowning of the new championship, of the new champion, which he hasn't announced. You know, we assume you know, Kane or Undertaker, but he hasn't said it at all. And, I don't know, you would think he would just do this right at the beginning. Here's the champion. Here's the belt. And, I don't know. So, we just uh, move on to that point. And he's going to come out later in the show and do this presentation. So, we'll bring you to that now. So, later on in the show, at 46 minutes, you have the official WWF Championship presentation. So take a listen to that, and then we'll talk about that in a few moments. Everybody, you think McMahon's got enough security around There's him? There's no question, Undertaker, that both you and Kane deserve to be the WWF champion. The two of you, single-handedly, covered Stone Cold Steve Austin for the championship. The two of you who have had tremendous oh, battle between the two of you. Austin. Wait a the minute. Two of you have Also got screwed out of the title last 
for it. We still don't know who the WWF champion is. Where's the oh? The belt. You know, it's a damn shame that McMahon's ego is so huge that he had to create his own master plan to ensure that Austin would get screwed out of the WWF title and break down. Austin took out the audio, ladies and gentlemen. Without Sam Barney, I know folks are having trouble hearing us. Just bear with us here. We're live. That idiot has run over all our cables and wires and everything. Without Sam Barney out here. I ain't through with you, not yet by a long shot. Mr. McMahon was going to present the WWF title to the new champion. We still don't know who that's going to be. Austin crashed the party with a Zamboni machine. That's going to be safe from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Easy there, but. All right, all right. I've done it before. I've done it before. Take him in the jail. Take his ass to jail! You go to jail, you son of a bitch! All right, hold him back. You go to jail! Hold him back. Hold him back. Relax, relax. Relax. Relax, we got him. We got him. Folks, our audio problems we understand are corrected. Mr. McMahon just apologized for his language. Slam the door on him! Oh, come on, Vince. All right. Let him go! Let him go! Let him go! Yeah, bring him! Yeah, let him fight you. He's handcuffed. Relax, relax. Yeah, let him go. It might be a fair fight that way. Well, Austin's going to jail. But this just may not be the last time we see Austin tonight, King. Oh, what do you think? You think he's got friends down at the dead at the pokey? No, he's gonna be locked up. He ought to be put under the jail. There's Austin fans all over. All right, so there's McMahon again. He comes out. He's got the Detroit Police. He's got the Stooges. The ring's all set up with a nice big red carpet laid out. It has the case with the WWF Championship. And here's the thing that threw me for a loop. It's the fucking Winged Eagle Championship belt in the case, which they hadn't used since WrestleMania 14 back in March. So here's the Winged Eagle in the case as the WWF Championship. What the hell happened to the Big Eagle Championship? Why is that not the one that they're using? Yeah, and I get they want to go away from the smoking skull, but why not just go back to the one that Austin was using before the smoking skull? I, I gotta say, man, that's just, that's another great catch. Yeah, and I don't think they use it after this either. And I mean, it's been a while, obviously, since we've watched these things, and I don't remember everything that happened. You know, that's part of, partly why we wanted to do this show is to just relive all this. But my only guess of why that's out there is that maybe they're going to use it, but maybe this is the belt that becomes the hardcore championship eventually. Maybe this, oh, maybe. Maybe this belt gets destroyed. Some kind of gimmick. I don't remember. But if you guys out there do, hey, shoot a line at us at BottomLineCast on Twitter. Why the hell is this belt out there? And is this the belt that becomes the hardcore championship? So anyways, that's the belt that's there. 
Okay, nobody's going to get it. <laughs> not, not tonight, anyway. But there it is in the case. Maybe they just didn't have the other one. They're like, fuck it. We got this one here. It's in the props. <laughs> Let's put it out. <laughs> Could be as simple as that. All right, so Kane and Undertaker make their entrances. And um, McMahon tells them that the two of you deserve to be champion. And, you know, just immediately while this is happening, McMahon's talking and Austin is in the backstage. And this dude's on the fucking Zamboni. He's on the Miller Lite Zamboni. This happened in that 47 <laughs> minutes, 15 seconds. He's just whipping around in <laughs> this big-ass Zamboni. He barrel asses through the corridor, and he's, like, taking down lighting equipment. And everyone's scattering. And he makes his way out, and he goes out into the to the entrance. And there's no ramp. And I know they hadn't been using a ramp for a couple of weeks, but this is perfect to not have a ramp because he wouldn't have been able to come down on Zamboni on the ramp. So here he just comes out on a straightaway. He nails the ring. <laughs> Freaking even nudges it a bit. And then the best part, of course, what everybody knows, this is the most memorable part of the Zamboni saga here, is that he climbs up on top of it and just dives off on the into McMahon <laughs> right through the ropes. Uh, this was this is one of the memories that sticks out. It's like, oh, the Zamboni. But now reliving it, it's like, oh shit, that's all it was was just that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you know, what I was expecting. Of course, it's only going to be that he's going to drive out and he's going to climb out of it and tackle McMahon. But yeah, <laughs> it, it was just a little quick little thing, but so memorable. This Miller Lite Zamboni with the Detroit Red Wings logo on it. So what did you think about it when you rewatched this back, the Zamboni? Oh, dude, I got I got pumped right when I saw the Zamboni coming backstage. And I also kind of wanted a Miller Lite really bad because <laughs> the graphic on it is so cool. And the beer looks all refreshing on it. I know, but, so that, uh, that blue just makes you thirsty. <laughs> I was like, dude, this was such so different. Like, it was just so different. You hadn't seen something like that before. No, the last I think time. I don't understand is why, why is he getting arrested? Maybe because he, well, he wasn't supposed to be in the building. They were they were having the police like block Austin off from being in the building. So I guess he was banned from being in the oh. building, and he snuck okay. in by stealing a zamboni and busting through all the police. All right, that makes sense. So I think that's pretty much why he got arrested. So he gets arrested there. I love all the times that he gets arrested. He gets handcuffed, and he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, fuck you," or whatever. So. um they claim that the audio is messed up because of Austin, which audio sounds fine to me. I don't know what was wrong with it. But Austin, as he's walking out, says, I ain't through with the events. I ain't through with you yet. Not by a long shot. And we don't know who the champion is at this point. But McMahon comes running after him now. You know, kind of reminiscent of what happened the last time when Austin was chasing after McMahon and McMahon was getting away. And he was like, oh, this is mine now. This is mine just the night before. And now you have McMahon chasing Austin out saying, take his ass to jail. You go to jail, you son of a bitch. You go to jail. <laughs> As that segment ends. And then just moments later, you get a commercial break, and then McMahon's back in the rink. So it's like round two of the presentation. So you have McMahon's back in the ring with Kane and Undertaker. Almost seemingly like nothing happened. <laughs> like, like, all right, that's over with. So. Austin's out of the picture. He gets arrested. And and uh, McMahon carries on about his night with uh, this presentation here. So 
McMahon now is kind of ticked off, and he's taking it out on Kane, on Kane and Undertaker. He says, you guys didn't live up to the deal in protecting him from me. Austin. Austin being he. says He says, Austin attacked me three times in the last week. He says, you didn't live up to your end of the deal, so I'm not living up to mine. You're going to have to fight for it. So he's screwing them out of having the title. He's not like, all right, you both pinned them. Well, I guess there's no winner. So now you need to fight each other. So he announces that on the next pay-per-view, October 18th, Two of you are going to battle it out for the WWF Championship, whether you like it or not. Then he goes on to say, you know, since you can't keep Austin out of my business, then Austin's going to be in your business. He's going to be the special guest referee. So coming up, we won't have a match with Austin, but we'll have coverage of Austin being a referee in a match with Kane and Undertaker. This Kane and Undertaker shit's going on (laughs) quite quite a while. Throughout the months of uh, the summer and even into now the yeah, fall. This is, it's got to be the next big thing. It's like the whole second half of yeah. the year. So McMahon, uh, he kind of puts the guys on a spot here. He kind of like stumbles over his words with uh, how he phrases this. He says that Kane and Undertaker are like dealing with the handicap. <laughs> it just came off horribly when he said that. Then he goes he's on to say, "He's always attacking the handicap. Maybe that's why he's so big into Make a Wish now." Yeah, maybe he feels bad. He's trying to fucking make up for how much of a dumbass shit he said. Right. So he says, "One's physical, as in Kane. Kane is physically handicapped. And then one's mentally handicapped, The Undertaker." And he announces that there'll be a handicap match: Undertaker and Kane versus Shamrock, Mankind, and The Rock. So another variation of. The feuds that are going on here. Now they're all combined into one. No, the reason for this match makes sense because Kane and Undertaker screwed Shamrock, Mankind, and The Rock in that first triple threat match for the number one contendership. And now they're all getting a chance to go at it with each other. So the best part, though, here is right at the end of this promo where Taker tells Man, uh, Man, uh, McMahon, McMankind, <laughs> keep fucking that up. <laughs> You got man, uh, McMahon. <laughs> Fuck off. Goddamn name. Um, it's a tongue twister for you, huh, bud? Yeah, shit. Jesus. Or, or, it's, or it's I just need some water. <laughs> Stumbling. Too. All right. So anyway, you got Undertaker saying to McMahon, you need to watch your ass or you're going to be the one handicapped. <laughs> wash your ass. Well, not wash your ass, to watch your ass. I, I know, I know. Oh. I was waiting for you to say wash. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you got to wash your ass, McMahon. Uh, so the best part, though, is when Undertaker turns around, McMahon pegs off Undertaker and mouths fuck you like a little kid would. <laughs> and then Undertaker turns around immediately, and McMahon knows he got caught, and he's like, oh, like he just shit his pants. And then uh, Undertaker starts to kick the shit out of him. That's at the 57-minute mark of the episode. So, there we go. Uh, they start to kick the shit out of the Stooges also. And uh, the f- the really funny thing about this is uh, McMahon gets his ankle smashed. Right? That, that's not the funny part, but McMahon gets his ankle smashed with the steel steps, which plays a large role in you know the next upcoming weeks. And it's going to lead to a very memorable Steve Austin segment with McMahon in the hospital. And that'll be next week's episode that we'll be talking about that. But 
what you have here is Mankind is trying to be on the good side of McMahon, and you keep seeing him as they cut to McMahon being injured on the back, like on a on a gurney. <laughs> and <laughs> there's two separate segments. In one segment, McMahon is trying to give no, I mean Mankind is trying to give McMahon a sip of soda. And he's he's like out of frame too. You can just see Mankind's hand putting a soda next to McMahon's <laughs> mouth. And McMahon's like looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And then in the next scene, uh, Mankind's offering McMahon candy. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. And I'm pretty sure that's building up to another thing too with Mankind. I'm pretty sure uh, that leads to him, Mankind trying to cheer McMahon up by bringing the clown to the hospital. Pretty sure that's the same segment with the bedpan. Oh, we'll Is it? See. Yeah. He brings in a clown to entertain McMahon, make him happy. Oh, know. no, that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yes. Austin's disguised as as the doctor and nails him with the bedpan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be it. That's on the next week's Raw. So we'll be covering that on next week's episode. And uh, also, I think that's the debut of Sako. It's the Sako. So. Nice. So a whole lot of shit next week. All right, so that brings us now to this main event match. Undertaker and Kane versus Mankind, The Rock, and Ken Shamrock. It's nothing spectacular. It's uh, what, what is pretty cool at the start of it is Shamrock, Mankind, they're beating up on each other before the match even starts. So they're, they're partners, but they're fighting each other. And when The Rock comes out, they're all fighting each other. And then when Kane and Undertaker finally make their entrances at 1 hour 24 minutes, then the match will finally get going. Um, I did notice one thing at 1 hour 25 minutes. I don't know if you noticed it, but... Right at that point, security guard is beating up some dude, roughing up some dude in the front row. And then the guard and the guy that he roughed up just walk off like nothing happened. <laughs> it looked like the guy was trying to hop the rail. Security guard got him in like a little headlock. And then the dude was like, hey, leave me alone. He just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and it just ended like that. So take a look at that one hour, 25 minutes and 10 seconds to see what the hell you think's going on there. But yeah, pretty uh, pretty standard tag team match. Not a whole lot going on. There's this conflict between the partners, Shamrock, Rock, and Mankind, and the end is pretty cool because you know we still get the build of the Rock here. So the Rock, the number one contender, he hits Undertaker with the Rock bottom and pins the Undertaker. So pretty cool spot for the Rock. So he's definitely shaping up to be a top level guy at this point when he's getting pinfalls over the Undertaker. Okay, so that brings us now to side notes. So that concludes that. Austin's in jail as of right now. McMahon's on his way to the hospital. And Kane and Undertaker have to fight each other to determine who the champion is at the next pay-per-view with Austin as the referee. So in terms of side notes, you have um, the New Age Outlaws are defending titles against Southern Justice. The match sucks. But the notable thing about the match is that Billy Gunn and Road Dog have conflict with each other. X-Pac tries to come in and calm things down. Billy Gunn knocks him down. Triple H comes out in his wheelchair, who's just been recently been injured, to try to talk sense into Billy Gunn. And Billy Gunn just walks off, leaves the arena. So, something building there. Get a little tension in DX. You have Owen Hart versus Dan Severn. Now, generally, this wouldn't be anything I wanted to talk about, but they try to do an angle here. It's the same exact angle. It's the Owen Hart does a pile driver, 
and yep. injures Dan Severn trying to play off of what happened with Austin. And this just, all this said to me was they don't know what to do with Owen Hart. They're just like throwing darts at the wall. Like see if anything's going to hit the bullseye. And everything's been sucking for Owen Hart, which is unfortunate because he's a fucking great talent. And it's just going to get worse from this point because we know not soon after this, they're going to make him the blue blazer again. So they don't know what the hell to do with him. It's almost like they're not trying to do anything with him because he's Rahat's brother. So they might actually be fucking him. <laughs> I think they are. All right, then you get um, a European title match, X-Pac versus Val Venus. So X-Pac had just had a decent match with uh, D'Lo Brown. He won the title. Yep. And just prior to this match, JR sneaks in a smooth little joke. You know, Xbox will be defending against Val Venus later tonight. And he says, it's always hard when you're up against Val Venus. <laughs> <laughs> can't picture JR saying that, but he fucking said it. Um, Xbox is wrestling with an eye patch because he got hit in the head with a guitar at breakdown, which we didn't cover in the side notes because it sucked. But, uh, <laughs> but here he is with the eye patch. And China comes out to Xbox aid. And he, she's going to toss Terry like she's nothing. Just like she did when she made her debut. She just ragdolled her. And here she, here she is again, just tossing the shit out of Terry. And then Val Venus tries to help out, but then Xbox and China kick the shit out of Val Venus. Venus wins by DQ. But the main part here that I wanted to get to is that Goldust music hits. And he's back. Goldust is back. He doesn't come out yet, but he, he says a little thing on the Titan Tron that he's coming. Goldust is coming. So now we'll have our Goldust and Valvinus feud to come. JV, any other side notes to this episode of Raw? Raw episode 279 uh... from September 28th. The Zamboni episode, as it's remembered as. Well, with, um, with Triple H being hurt, I do like that the, the you know they're still keeping DX in the spotlight. Um, there's obviously the spot where uh, Billy Gunn kind of like leaves the arena. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... alone with his luggage because of an altercation after the match. They're all just kind of like bickering with each other. Yeah, it's interesting to see so... what's going on. So yeah, they're keeping some kind of storyline involved with them, even though Triple H is out for now. He's only supposed to be out for about three weeks. So let's see where they go with it. Yep. Um, Mankind has a good pre-match promo calling the people's elbow the worst move in the last hundred years of wrestling. <laughs> it does suck in a actually, way. <laughs> and then he reuses uh, JR's shitty Mark McGuire line. Oh, he does? Shit, yeah. I must have skipped he over it. He refers to himself as that. As Mankind McGuire? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, now I know I do remember listening to that. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Oh, like, man. oh, we can't get away with it. Get away <laughs> from it. Ah, oh, sucked. <laughs> sucked, but it's funny. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Let's wrap things up here. So a bottom line wrap up. Uh, the house shows rundown here is nothing. It's Austin was not on any of the house shows during this period of what we of which we covered, which was. The dates of September 21st to September 28th. Hey, last week we covered up to the 20th. He was on some house shows. 
but during this short time frame, he wasn't on any. There were house shows, he just wasn't on them. Oh, yeah. JV, what you got for your oh hell yeah moment of the week? My oh hell yeah moment of the week was a pretty easy one for me at least. It's um, Stone Cold launching off the Zamboni and with a flying lariat. Yes. That's exactly what I have. I mean, that's the name of this episode is Zamboni, even though it's only like a 30 second thing. I thought it stood out as being the most memorable of the things that happened on this time frame of what we covered. You know, even though there was a title match where Austin lost his title, there's a pay per view. There's a triple threat match. But no, it's the fucking Zamboni. Coming out in the Zamboni, clothesline, Vince McMahon, that is, oh, hell yeah, all the way. Definitely. Definitely. No now, I'll go first with my, oh, hell no. And my, oh, hell no was Shane McMahon on commentary on that episode of Raw, the first episode of Raw we covered this week. Uh. And his, uh, boom, 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 boom. Austin is in fuego right now. That's what I was, that, that's my hell no. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I do, I do have an honorable mention. Mention, okay. Hell no, and that's I'm gonna go with the um, the main event of the In Your House pay per view. That's I had that originally, so that's like my honorable mention too. I had Austin uh, losing the title in the main event. Geniuses think alike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot for us to choose from, so it makes sense that we'll be touching on the same things. But yeah, so that's our oh hell yeah and our oh hell no, Zamboni and Shane McMahon. Not that Shane McMahon is bad, you know, today. No. He was horrible back when he was 28 years old. But judging him then, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, not so good. Yeah, not so good. All right, so coming up on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast next week, we're back with another regular episode. It's episode 34, and that will be on May 29th, next Wednesday. Episode 34. We'll be covering the first part of October, so we'll cover from October 5th to Raw, we'll cover October 12th to Raw, and anything that happens on the heat that pertains to Austin or any storylines that we kind of cover in side notes, we'll cover those heats briefly, and then we got the Judgment Day pay-per-view, so already another pay-per-view coming up that we'll be covering, and that has the main event of Kane versus Undertaker with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the referee. So that'll be next week. And that 10-5 Raw, as I just said moments ago, that's the uh, whole bedpan incident when McMahon gets cranked over the head with the bedpan, which makes like the loudest sound ever. We're going to have to get a sound clip just of that, of that sound, <laughs> if it's not part of a larger promo. I'm, I'm sure we'll be playing that promo. <laughs> so that'll be next week. Okay, also um, a couple plugs here. Check out the Talking Taker podcast that covers the career of The Undertaker, much like what we do here on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. They are pretty deep into The Undertaker's career. They just wrapped up 2002. I think their most latest episode is going to be Royal Rumble 2003. I could be wrong. They just finished up with No Mercy, which was in September or October of 2002. It was a Hell in a Cell match against Brock Lesnar with, with Undertaker. And then Undertaker is out for a while. He's out until January at the Royal Rumble. So I don't know if they'll be covering those last months of 2002 or just jumping right into January in the Royal Rumble. So take a look at them. Go back in their archive, and you can go all the way back to 1990 when Undertaker debuted and just go right from pay-per-view match to pay-per-view match. 
of The Undertaker on Talking Taker. So take a listen to Alex Dorio tell you about his show. So take a listen to him. Oh, hell yeah. What's up, Stone Gold fans? This is Alex Dorio, one of the hosts of Talking Taker. And along with my co-host and fellow creature of the night, Travis White, we are digging up the career of the dead man, one pay-per-view match at a time, on a podcast journey that's a lot like what you're listening to right now on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. So if you're enjoying what Mike and JV are doing here, going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, come check us out as we explore the Undertaker's three decades of destruction. We're right in the midst of the Biker Taker era right now, so you can jump right in or start over from the beginning and hear us discuss the Undertaker's side of the story from his many battles with the Rattlesnake, The Rock, Mankind, and more. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, and more. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Talking Taker. Thanks to Mike and JV for letting us plug the show, and take her easy. What? I said, take her easy. I also want to give a special shout-out to Mike Mills of the Book in the Territory Wrestling Podcast. They have the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. These guys break down old-school wrestling. They cover NWA, WCW, Saturday nights, every Thursday. And this week, they'll be covering January 23rd, 1988. And that's on Thursdays. They cover NWA, WCW, Saturday night, the old classic Saturday night from TBS. And then on Sunday nights... They dropped the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Recap, and they are 144 episodes in on that. And they'll be covering October 29th, 1994. So definitely check out Book in the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. And with that said now, not only check them out, but subscribe to them on Patreon.com if you want more great content, not only from the guys at Book in the Territory, but we are now, as I said earlier, on that feed with our extreme ECW live cast. We're going through the entire catalog of ECW, starting right from the top with episode one and two. It's pro- probably going to be a bi-weekly affair, so every two weeks or so, we'll have two episode watch-along. So we start right from the top, and we're going to go right through it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the very ugly, and the extremely ugly. <laughs> On Extreme ECW Livecast. So, like I said, the only way you're going to be able to hear it, though, is to join the Patreon for Booking the Territory at the $5 tier. So, that was out. Check out our stuff. You like what we have here? You'll like what we what we do there. So, just consider it. It's the Extreme ECW Livecast on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Okay, tell, tell all your friends about the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, okay? Tell them we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Radio Public. Just spread the word. Tweet it out there. You know, a lot of times people on Twitter will say, oh, I need a podcast to listen to. Well, put it out there. At Bottom Line Cast. Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. The career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, if you want to reach out to us, your host, I'm Mike at MPRU83. And JV is at John Van Damage. And if you want to just comment on our show page, it's at Bottom Line Cast. Okay, if you're on iTunes, please consider leaving us a review, five-star review, of course, and um, write that up for us and tell us what you like about the show. Okay, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. 
but leave us a five star if you enjoy what you got here on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Again, next week we'll be back with a regular episode. It is October 1998. We got the bedpan. So we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, guys, for hanging in there with us the past couple weeks with the special edition watch alongs. And we'll be back on our regular Austin journey from this point on. We back. We're back. And now we're out of here. So, so long, guys.